So hi, uh, today's guest is Sam Parr. He's the co-founder and CEO of the hustle.co, um, a daily newsletter that I'm personally addicted to. It's a business new- newsletter. I think there's about over a million subscribers right now. And also um, he's the part of uh, that company is also HustleCon, which is a very popular annual conference. Sam is also a very um, um, savvy investor. He had a couple of companies that he is invested in and uh, uh, we'll hear more about that. Today we will cover um, mostly um, Sam's story and how he started his company. We'll chat a little bit about our pharmacy. I mean, that's what we do here in Drugs and Coffee. And uh, we'll try to get his perspective uh, from the outside. Um, somebody who hasn't been in the pharmacy world about what we do in the pharmacy and what can we do better um, on the business side. We will also t- touch on pharmacogenomics because that's something that I'm personally very interested in right now. And um, I'm hoping he will have some, we can um, shoot some ideas. Maybe he has some um, uh, some ideas on how to get that started. So Sam, I wanted to um, uh, for our subscribers to hear more about your story. I mean, I know I've read uh, some of your story, but and it's very interesting. So if you like, kind of give us a quick overview of what yeah. you've done so far. Yeah. So I am um, from St. Louis, Missouri, went to college in Nashville, Tennessee. When I was in Nashville, I um, opened up uh, like a, it was just a single hot dog stand, but it expanded a little bit beyond that to having multiple locations. And it was really hard work. And I was maybe 20 years old. And uh, in Nashville, it gets to be like 110 degrees in the summer. And so um, <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh, this is it's nice that this business is working, but this is really, really hard. What, uh, how do I not have to be outside all the time when it's really hot? And so I started launching websites and making a little bit of money here and there on different websites. And so uh, it, it was working where I was making thousands of dollars a week online. And I was like, okay, this internet thing is awesome. This is the, this is the, <laughs> this, this is the way to be. And I had never been, really west of Colorado, but I just kind of Googled like where in the world do internet companies live? And it said Silicon Valley. I didn't know what Silicon Valley was, but I basically kind of packed up my stuff and moved out to San Francisco. And um, while when I first arrived, I helped start and co-founded a business where we sold it for a small amount of money uh, 10 months after starting it. And then, Ended up starting some a few other projects, but my big thing that I started was this thing called HustleCon, and it was a conference for entrepreneurs. It was kind of like a TED Talk, but for startup founders, and it got popular. I didn't expect it to, but it, it, it got popular and started making good money, but I didn't want to be a conference person my whole life because I didn't, I didn't particularly enjoy it, uh, but it paid the bills, and so I read the biography of Ted Turner. That's the guy who started CNN and I kind of related to him and I thought CNN, mm-hmm. what he recreated with CNN was, is really neat. Um, I wonder if I can do that. And so kind mm-hmm. of parlayed this conference winning into the hustle. And so now what the hustle is, is it's a couple things. The first thing that we're known for is we have a daily newsletter that goes out every morning and it gives millions of people a day, all the business news and information they need to know each morning. 
Um, and then we also have this thing called Trends, which is trends.co. And that is a paid subscription. So we have an online community full of amazing business owners. And we also do in-depth research where we'll create case studies on different companies that explain how they work. But then we built really cool technology that looks at fast growing trends and we write about them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, bless me, sorry. Um, no, okay. And so that's kind of the background. Great, great. Oh. Oh, bless you. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Now, I mean, yeah, I did kind of find your story interesting. Um, and honestly, the reason why I wanted you here is really to bring that the kind of outside perspective to what we do here um, as pharmacists. But um, one thing that as I was reading your biography, um, common thread that I saw was really, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, you kind of seem very studious about things you, you, you tend to kind of really research things yeah um and then before you start i mean is that is that kind of accurate yeah um, like i think i'm a pretty creative person but the reason i'm mm -hmm. the reason i'm creative is, is because I, I basically steal ideas from places that no one has ever thought to steal from so uh -huh. um i basically look at um i look at uh I just like dig all over the place. So I'll read about, I'll use newspapers.com and I'll read stories about companies that in the 1960s and 70s and I'll learn all about them. And it will be like a gas and oil business started in Texas in 1964. And uh -huh. I'll learn all about it. I'll obsess over it and I'll completely try to break it down and, and, and like figure out what made it tick. And then I'll just steal like the cool stuff that they did and apply it to a media company. That's interesting because I always kind of... Uh found that that uh, in order to innovate you need to look outside your box you know and um, kind of as far as healthcare goes we are now in this box that you know we're trying I mean for the most part things are changing but we're in this box where we're kind of trying to solve the problem with the same tools we've had before um, and um, uh, I kind of find that you know you kind of have to look outside and um, to get ideas. Um, now, um, what's for, what's your perspective on um, on on healthcare currently? I mean, do you? I know I know you research. You, you there are a lot of, your company a lot of things. I wonder if you ran into something that some ideas that you might have. What's my opinion of it? You said yes. Uh, yes, I mean everybody talks about costs and um, uh, healthcare is too expensive. How do you how do you manage costs? How do you? What's your what's your opinion on that? Um, I think that it's incredibly complicated. Um, I think that it's incredibly complicated. Um, I mean. When we were like our company, we pay for everyone's health care. When we sign up and, and go through that process, I have no idea. We ha I had to hire someone just to do it. Right. Uh, I think I'm a pretty smart person or at least average at worst intelligence. And I was going through this stuff. But I was like, wait, I have no idea what any of this means. What is the difference between HMO, PPO? And so like there was 20 different options and I'm like, I don't know which one's the best one. It's, I know that for a small business, it was incredibly complicated. Mm -hmm. 
that's what I know for sure. I mean, I don't work in the healthcare industry, but it's incredibly complicated. I, I, and I also do know that we work, like I either invest or work with some companies as friends who are building products in the space and the regulation around it is pretty astronomical. Like, it, like it's, it's like mm-hmm. to the to point, it seems like it, it's very harmful to these businesses in particular. But uh, I would say, from what I know about it, it just seems incredibly complicated as a user. Yes, uh, I mean it is complicated. It's, it's there are many many aspects of it. Um, as far as um, uh, digital health, I mean, is, is that something that you follow? Different um, or different apps and um, things that are coming on the market because. Yeah, they seem so, to be like one app every every day. <laughs> yeah, so like the hottest thing going right now is like meditation apps. So I pay mm-hmm. attention to that a ton. We also wrote a huge case study on this company called Hims. Do you know Hims? Yes, yes. Yeah, and so the whole like the opportunity for them came from um, uh, expired patents that they just marketed better. Right, it's just rebranding the same old drug. Um, yeah, in a better way, right? <laughs> yes, and I thought that was incredibly interesting. They're like the fastest company uh, to hit a, they've hit a billion dollars faster than anyone. I mean, uh, I think they just, they just told the story better, you know. Um, when I think about medicine, you know, um, I see a lot of these commercials uh, about drugs and you know how they have the funny commercials with uh and may cause this, may cause that, but they're happy people on, on you know, on the commercial. Um, and I think generally hymns just kind of hit the spot where they were straightforward. Okay, this is what the drug does, period. You know, um, so storytelling is a big thing that, that I think that it happened for hymns. Yeah, I mean, like the guy who started hymns, he founded this company called Atomic Labs and they just they do loads of research like we do on different companies and then they launch different ones and hymns was i think the first one or either one of the first big ones that they launched um and it's been phenomenal i mean i don't use the i don't use their product so i can't speak from a product perspective but but their growth is like ridiculous um Mm -hmm. i think that in at least in silicon valley i mean that's like one of the most popular sectors actually i mean you we have one medic like people i know who or i'm familiar with uh, One Medical, Hims, Roman, uh, um, uh, what's the one? I'm, I'm, I'm literally right across the street from um, uh, the the Forward Health. You know Forward Health? Um, not, not, not familiar with them, but. Uh, I mean, it's like crazy. Somebody's company, I mean, I think One Medical just filed to go public the other day. I don't think it looked like a good company, that's for sure. Um <laughs> I mean, they're, why, they're, why do you say that? Uh, I only skimmed their S1, but I, I it was some pretty heavy losses, though they had subscription revenue, and that was interesting. And it's kind of odd. Like, people are using One Medical and Forward Health, and they're paying out of pocket. So consumers who already have health insurance are paying $200 a month for these uh, clinics where it's more like preventative medicine. I think One Medical might be a like an emergency clinic, right, or it might be a preventative thing. Okay. And, th- and that's pretty crazy that people are doing that. Um, and I think it's awesome. Um, a, a few other things that are interesting, like in the preventative space is, have you heard of QBio? No. 
okay, so there's that, and then there's a few others just like it. And you go there for a day or two, and you pay a fee ranging from $500 to $10,000, depending on what you get. And they like scan mm -hmm. your body like crazy. And they try to tell oh. you if there's anything wrong. I don't know the science behind it or if it's legitimate, but I totally mm -hmm. want to use it as a customer because I think I like just gadgets and interesting news. You're just curious, right? I'm just yeah. curious. Yeah. I mean, essentially why I did 23andMe, I mean, I wasn't concerned about anything. It's just I was curious. So you paid $100, $150, whatever it is, to get a report, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that seems interesting. Um, I mean, there are a lot of these companies really where... You know, so far, you know, healthcare was very much of a um, uh, kind of one system, you know, but now I, I see it more breaking up in these different subspecialties and people getting creative, like you were just saying. Um, and that's an interesting trend for me where people are specializing in something, telling a good story and then um, trying to make a company out of it. Um, versus the old school where you just go to a doctor, you get your, you know, get a prescription and you move on. Um, so I don't know. It's uh, something that I'm thinking about. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that stuff's interesting. Um, yeah, so like in the startup space, there's a lot of cool stuff. But my problem is uh, I don't know. I don't know what's real and what isn't. Um, mm -hmm. because uh, new companies, like new Silicon Valley-based companies tend to use hyperbole to describe their products. And sometimes they're correct. Every, you know, they're right sometimes, sometimes they're not. So mm -hmm. what the healthcare companies that we're writing about, I get nervous. I'm like, what's the Theranos and what's not? Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Now, on, uh, when you do trends, and I'm not a subscriber, which I probably should be. It's awesome. Um, you definitely should. Yeah. <laughs> I'll definitely look into it. Uh, I, I kind of skimmed. You know, I've been, I've been, um, I wait every morning for, for, um, for Hustle newsletter. So I'm sure trend is good. Um, so with trends, do you um, strictly just kind of stick to the data? Do you give opinions? Um, what is Both. So we do case studies. Uh -huh. And so when we do a case study, we just look at the data. But then at the end mm -hmm. of the case study, we'll be like, all right, so what does this mean? Mm -hmm. Where is the opportunity here? Um, so I just wrote a big one, not just, but a while back, wrote one on the trade show industry where mm -hmm. I, like, people were shocked. The trade, trade shows make loads of profit. Like, mm -hmm. um, there's a handful of trade shows that will do hundreds, sometimes billions of year in revenue with 30% margins. And that's very... That's not what most most people who are outside of that world, but like business, that's not what they would have thought. Um, mm -hmm. And so these companies are huge. And so I wrote about that where I didn't say my opinion. I just said, here's the numbers and then here's what the numbers mean. And then I followed up in that same article where I went and interviewed or spoke to loads of people in the industry or read uh, quotes that they'd given. And I just said, oh, well, a lot of them are saying that the construction industry doesn't have a trade show. Um, yet the construction uh, industry is growing quite quickly. Okay, there's an opportunity. Now, I didn't necessarily think it was an I mean, I agree that it is an opportunity, but I asked people who are smarter than me, and that's what they said. Do you know what I mean? And so it's almost like right. with trends, what our job is to do is just go and sniff out interesting things and save you all the time 
uh, by doing the hard work of researching it for you. Yeah. And that that's interesting because, you know, if you do this long enough, if you trend things long enough, you eventually you would either get proven right or wrong, but you will definitely hear about it. Um, I'm, and I'm sure you, you, you already are hearing <laughs> probably from people. Um, but um, yeah, so uh, just to kind of shift gears a little bit, um, uh, I want to kind of give you a case study of um, a pharmacy world right now. And then if you could give me your opinion, I'm just okay. dying to hear. So um, first of all, kind of question a poll. Uh, when you think about pharmacist, what's your first kind of what comes to mind? Walgreens, like the, the man or woman in the white jacket behind the counter at Walgreens. Yeah, somebody you come, you get a prescription filled and you go home, right? Yes. Um, so which is kind of, you know, which is fair. That's essentially what the model has been, but it's changing, you know, uh, with PillPack and um, all the major players like CVS, Walgreens doing their own mail order, essentially where people have to go to mail order. They cannot say you have employees and you have a contract with, um, you know, comp- you know, an insurance company and they'll say, okay, well, your employees have to go to a mail order pharmacy. Um, they can't go to your regular store. So that model is kind of happening more and more and more, um, which is causing right now there is a technically a uh, um, shortage of pharmacy pharmacist jobs. You know, they just can't find jobs. Um, so right now the, the, the case study really is moving from um, dispensing pills to dispensing knowledge. Um, and generally in healthcare, that's what I think it's happening. Um, and the problem people are having is how do they make that change? How do they go and essentially present and sell their knowledge? I mean, with, with your company, you're essentially doing the same thing. You're presenting knowledge to your readers. Um, and so right now the struggle is how do you make that into a business? Um, I hope I didn't confuse you or uh, wait yeah so say that again so essentially going from a business model of dispensing medicine dispensing product to uh dispensing knowledge you know giving um give people advice and trying to help them be healthier you're saying that's what the that's what they're trying to get done Right. So, yeah, that's the what the trend is because you, you, you're not the, the pharmacy pharmacies are closing. You know, the, your regular moms and pops pharmacies are closing left and right um, just because people are going to mail order pharmacies. Pill pack, which is owned by Amazon, uh, they're growing. So the model of dispensing medicine out of through mail is growing. Um, which leaves the pharmacists that have been kind of stuck in the old model, they need to shift more into selling their knowledge. Uh, and that's where they're stuck. You know, how do you do that? How do you present yourself? How do you um, go, f- go forward? So maybe I was hoping you might have some advice given that you, your, your company, you know, in a sense, you guys are a media company, or, but you're also presenting um, knowledge to people. Um, in a fun way. Um, yeah, are you familiar with Justin Kahn's, uh What is it called? I'm looking it up now. Um, 
uh, uh, what was it called? I'm looking it up. Um, anyway, it's where they script dash. That's right. Okay. Um, anyway, um, it's mm -hmm. like it. It seems to me like a lot of the interesting companies that are popping up around pharmacy are around pill delivery. Um, and so, are you saying that the pharmacists now are not educational, but you you're arguing that they should be? Well, correct. I mean, right now it's they're pretty much um, up to now, and uh, you they've been stuck behind a counter, essentially trying to get as many prescriptions filled because that was the model. Um, uh, but they were trained to really help people, um, give advice, and you know, um, really dispense knowledge. Um, that's really how we're trained. Uh, now you have the companies that are doing very well in delivering medicine. You know, even that those de delivery services where it's at the last mile delivery or uh, the mail order pharmacies, they're doing just fine. Uh, but they're your regular moms and pops, your corner pharmacy is not doing well um, just because of competition, right? But um, so they're trying to find creative ways to um, to be better. Uh, yeah, I mean, if I were those guys, I'd be nervous. I, I, I would think I'm going to go out of business, to be honest. Um, <laughs> um, I think that what's going to be interesting is the people who just get the drugs to you in the fastest way uh, and easiest way mm -hmm. without having me leave my house. Um, mm -hmm. I think that what's interesting about the uh, hymns is that you can call. Kaiser does this in California. They're not a startup. They're you know an older company. They... Uh, but Hims is doing this well, where you can just call your doctor and ask them questions about the medicine. But I, my bet, if I, I'm not an investor in the space, is that going to the pharmacy and talking to people there, that I don't think, I, I mean, that will exist, like malls will exist, but like, I don't think it's gonna be like the preferred way to get it done in the next 10 or 20 years. That's my opinion, is that your opinion? Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely changing. I mean, you're always going to have a group of people that want to that want to have the interaction, and you know, there's definitely need for that. It's just decreasing because the younger um, crowd would rather order it through mail order or just an app, um, which is normal. You know, that's the trend. Um, but what really, what what? I guess the problem with the pharmacy right now is that nobody really knows. Just, to, you know, I asked you that question, what do you think of who the pharmacists are? What they know is, hey, well, they dispense drugs. Um, but that, that kind of rebranding of the pharmacy is really where, uh, what needs to happen. Yeah, you know, I mean, look, when, kinda... when, when Amazon bought PillPack, that was, that was proof, right? If, if Amazon moves in the space, that's a huge, huge signal. Um, mm -hmm. Right, that's a really big signal. Um, do so. I've only been with Kaiser, I've been with Kaiser for ten years now, and they deliver mm -hmm. medicine. Do do most healthcare providers not deliver? Well, yeah, yeah most um, PBMs, which are really you know the insurance companies, you know CVS, Aetna, uh, United Healthcare, uh, they usually they most have their mail order pharmacies. And that will um, have incentives in place for people to go, hey, your copay is $20 if you do the store or you have no copay if you do mail order. So that's typically what's happening. Um, 
which again, you know, it's it, you know, that that's to me it is what it is. It's you know, if you if you're doing if you can do something better, you should be rewarded, right? Um, the part that I'm interested more is, and I'm looking into different what other sectors, other businesses have done this transformation where you're kind of rebranding your uh, profession essentially to teach people what you do um, and you know kind of teaching people that pharmacists can do more than just dispense medicine you know and a lot of doctors they, you know they depend on the pharmacist um, you know your chiropractor and you know it kind of goes back to the whole thing is like you know if you go to a chiropractor you get a pro you, and you leave you get something you know you know you're gonna get your you know you're gonna be a little bit feeling a little bit better or you go to a doctor you got a prescription you go to um, um, psychiatrist you'll f mentally feel better you know right? so there is a um, uh, there is a product so that is the kind of what's happening in the pharmacy world and you have like 300 plus thousand pharmacists in the country uh, trying to rebrand themselves in different ways um, yeah look I mean I think that um... Who, who are the biggest telemedicine startups in the space? Do you know? Oh, um, no, I don't know the names, but they're all over. Um, um, I mean, my bet is that is definitely the future. Uh, mm -hmm. That's my opinion. And I think it's actually, you know what I like to look at? Uh, so, like, there's, I don't always buy into the idea that what the what younger generations want, that's, like, going to be the future because... Mm -hmm. trends change and everything and there, that, there's still a lot of people who aren't in that generation that can create a huge market but um, what I'm noticing about people that are aged 15 to 25 uh, different from I'm, I'm, I'm 30 so I am a millennial but I didn't grow up with an iPhone and I didn't get the internet until like high school well like high school or something like that um, but what I'm noticing about kids that probably the upper limit is 25 that grew up with an iPhone, like they got an iPhone uh, when they were 10 to 15 years old, is they're incredibly comfortable in front of a camera. So when mm -hmm. I, when I like, if I have to film myself for a video, I find that to be incredibly uncomfortable. And I think my opinion is that translates over to me wanting to talk to a doctor on a video call. Like it's, it's that I see okay. like video calling. I video call my doctor actually because it's free. Um, it's still kind of weird. It's not as weird, but it's a little bit weird. And so, my hypothesis is that the people that are fifteen to twenty-five now who grew up with a phone, I think that like, I think the remote work is going to be the norm in twenty years. Like remote work, I think is going to change everything. I don't think we're going to have nearly as many offices as we do. Um, mm -hmm. but similarly, I just don't think that people are going to be going to the doctor as much when they can video chat with them. That's my belief. And it's right. based off of how comfortable young people are on camera. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I completely understand. I mean, I never thought about it that way. You know, I know when I started this podcast and I'm a little bit older than you, not too much, but, um, I kind of fall in the same category where I felt completely. <laughs> very uncomfortable in front of the camera. Um, Young so people I know don't seem like that as much. No, no, because they know FaceTime. I mean, since they were five years old, 
So, yeah, like um, like I have an aunt who didn't have a com- she didn't have a computer till recently. I bought her a computer so she could use Facebook. I ta- taught her how to use Facebook so she could talk to me. Uh-huh. And the idea still, she's been using a computer for two years now. The idea of her using like a video soft, like something to call her so I could talk to her, that's like foreign. Mm-hmm. Like she's mm-hmm. just like, no, I don't feel comfortable. I'm not going to do that, even though she's my aunt. And yet I watch these like 15 year olds in high school and they're so comfortable dancing and acting in front of a camera um, mm-hmm. that to me, that's why I'm like, well, in 20 years, 10, 20 years when these people are in their 20s, 30s, and 40s, I don't see why anyone would go to the pharmacy. Right. So I guess it's, it's now while you're talking, I'm thinking, so it's changing from people coming to you and now you have to come to, to them. So you have to show up in front of the most people as you can, right? Um, uh, because it's that competitive that they're not just going to get in the car, drive, and come see you. You're going to have to shop on their phone. Yeah, that, 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 and, and that's what hymns and these folks are doing. And they're, uh, mm-hmm. they're, they're making it so you can just talk to someone. And I see a bunch of doctors that way. Um, mm-hmm. I see... Uh, uh, but um, a handful of doctors where I've never actually met them. I've only talked. I've never met them in person. Only, only. Right. I mean, you know. for, for the most, for the most, you know, for the most needs, that's that's perfectly fine. Right. You know? Yeah. And I guess if you need more care, they'll call you in. But um, that's perfectly fine. So yeah. that that's my opinion. Um, is that okay? Is that uh, these well, mom, I mean, look, like it's kind of like malls. Like, malls mm-hmm. can still work. Um, like, there are some people that there are some people that will always go to a mall. I'd like to go to a mall, but I think the it's not just it's just not going to be like the like you got to go buy something, go to the mall. It's going to be you got to go buy something, go online. Well, I just happen to want to mm-hmm. go to the mall. You know what I'm saying? That's how I think right. with pharmacies. Right. Yeah. So you that makes sense. Um, one thing I, I, that I'm right now researching and I'm going to spend maybe several months doing that, trying to kind of get my head out around is pharmacogenomics. Um, I don't want to bore you too much with it, but um, I'm going to give you kind of a little, um, a little story what it is. It's essentially uh, there are particular pharmacogenes, genes in your body that help manage the medicine that you take, essentially metabolize. And they... Um, they differ between people, okay? So um, their variants. You might have one gene, I have a different var- variation of the same gene, so we process the drug differently. Um, that hasn't been used so far as much. It's, it's starting, um, and that's what they call precision medicine, um, really trying to tailor the medicine to um, a particular person. Um, who are That's the biggest companies in that space? That's badass. Precision medicine? Precision medicine is right now, it's big with oncology, with cancer drugs, because there are certain drugs that if you have a particular gene, you will have side effects. So you will have major side effects. Now that's happening as we speak, you know, Mayo Clinic, uh, I mean, every major um, um, health system is doing this. And there, and a lot of them are doing um, with other medicines. So, like the best one I can give you is codeine. I mean, that some a lot of people here 
have heard about codeine or other pain medicine. So if you take a pain pill, some one person may react one way and the next person might react differently. Um, and then for some people, they need very high doses to for pain medicine. Now, up to this point, we're thinking, okay, you're just a drug addict, you're searching for more drug, but there are actually genes in, in play that uh, make somebody need more drug. You understand, like higher doses. Uh, so that's really pharmacogenomics, precision medicine. Um, and are you looking at that from a perspective of like wanting to start one of those companies? Well, I'm I'm just trying to learn. I mean, there there are definitely companies um, out there trying to um, make this happen in a sense where you would get a test done and. Uh, would give you a report that, hey, these, um, this group of medicine, I did test on myself and, uh, and I, I found out there's like a uh, Plavix, which is a blood thinner that I shouldn't be taking because it's really not effective for me. Now, I'm maybe 30, 40 years away from being, uh, even needing that, but, uh, you know, now I know. So, and that's never going to change. I'm always going to have that gene, you know. So, as information, it's very... Um, very useful to have. Now, the problem, what's happening right now, you have labs that actually will give you the gene report, but nobody's there. You don't have enough people kind of educated in this uh, field that will actually be able to read the reports and tell a story based on the report. Do you understand? Um, so, an app would be a nice thing to solve that. Um, but um, there, I think, are, like, there are companies. If I was... What I would be curious about those, when I hear about a business like that, I think like incredibly high risk and high reward. Like a business like that, I would think you'd have to raise so much money. Mm -hmm. um, and I would, I remember, so wait, did you say you did not or did know what, what medical was? No, I did not, no, I don't. Okay, let's see what they describe themselves as. Uh, one medical is committed to providing the best primary care through exceptional quality. I still don't entirely get what it is. But anyway, <laughs> it's like, I don't understand why people use it, to be honest with you. Uh, mm -hmm. but, but some people love it. And I was talking to the C, or no, I wasn't talking to I read. Uh, I just read an interview with the CEO, and he was saying something like how much money they had to raise and how it was horrible for years and how he actually, even though if it turns out successful, he probably wish he didn't didn't start that business because of how challenging it was. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was one medical. Anyway, uh, when I hear something like what you're describing, I'm like, oh man, that would change the world and that would be amazing and it would be fun if it worked. I mean, not fun, but it could be fulfilling if it worked out and it could be very lucrative if it worked out. But holy mm -hmm. shit, like the odds of it ever working to me seem quite low just because of how challenging it is. And you'd have to raise so much money. Uh, I mean, there, there are companies out there and then they're actually, you know, the, the problem right now is um, translating the information. So FDA, as we speak, is actually, they have a working group that's going to come up with things and um, they actually have about 200 drugs have the label already changed to include this information. So things are moving, um, but kind of making business out of it, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Because I, the, from, I doctors so have no hard. clue. I mean, 
Because what's going to happen, doctors are going to get these reports because patients are going to test and then doc, you know, I have this report and the doc is going to be like, listen, I have no idea what this is. Um, and that's uh, where we're at currently. Um, so I personally see an opportunity for pharmacists kind of, you know, we're experts on drugs and kind of being able to translate this, being the middle person and translating this for, for people. Uh, it's, yeah, I think, I think that's totally an interesting idea, an interesting opportunity. My belief is that that won't happen in person, though. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And that's actually kind of a, that's kind of interesting. So like, okay, so digital media, there's a few digital companies, like WebMD is like the generic version of this, where you get kind of shitty advice, but they have right. like 300 million people a month that go to their website, and it makes it it's a cool company, um, very valuable. But would people i think people would pay money to just ask and ask advice on drugs with a qualified person almost like on-demand questions with a medical professional that's kind of an right. interesting idea i mean that's kind of what you're describing i just would never imagine that would be in person at a pharmacy no 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 that's that's not i don't think that's feasible you know um it's it's just having and that's that's really where i'm kind of thinking of rebranding the pharm pharmacists, you know, it's just, okay, we know more than just what insurance pays for you, uh, for your drug. Um, so, yeah, but that's, that's, that's what, that's why I was, um, that's why I'm um, kind of keeping myself busy currently with, but um, we'll see. I mean, market will tell, I guess. Uh, I, yeah, as, that's for sure. As usual. Last thing I wanted to ask you is really what what are your plans for the future? I mean, uh, anything that uh, you're looking forward to? I mean, are you looking at multiple things or what interests you currently? Um, okay, so the first thing we're definitely going to, so the hustle, we're, we're entering our fourth year. It's still, we're still pretty small, we're about 30 people. So the goal is to grow that into a huge $100 million a year company uh, by 2025. So I'm focusing on that. Um, uh, things that I am interested in. So I, I invest a little bit and I, I started a few other things, but uh, the space that I'm most interested in is remote work. I think remote work is, um, I've seen it with my company um, that it's just, the, it just totally makes me think it's the future. Um, mm -hmm. It's not the future. It's already here. I just think it's going to be incredibly more popular. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really interested in remote work. Um, I'm also right now interested in the hospitality industry, hotels. I think that um, motels in America are really intriguing because like motels are, are a very American thing, but a lot of them are, are kind of outdated and old. And I'll be really curious to see what happens to a lot of those motel brands and how um, people can come in and make them a lot cooler and more interesting. So that, those, those are both odd, I think, but they're both things that I'm incredibly interested in. Sounds interesting. Um, yeah. Well, thank you. Um, th we had a great conversation. I mean, stuff that I didn't even think about that we're going to talk, we covered. So um, thank you for, for doing this. And uh, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Um, Twitter, the Sampar is my Twitter feed. That's probably the easiest. Um, and what how, do you have um, a lot of listeners uh like a, a big where we're starting You're now we're, starting? we're 
Yeah, we're just starting. We're kind of trying to crack into the pharmacy world, which is on internet. It's very small currently, but I'm That's trying right. to make it bigger. Well, I'm so trying to make it bigger. What we'll do is whoever listens to this will, if, if they do want to sign up for trends, I what I did was I, I entered in a code. Um, so if they use the, the word coffee when they're signing up, they can get 50% off. Oh, awesome. Well, thank you. I'll, I'll make sure I put that in. So in the notes and uh, I'll, I'll place everywhere now. <laughs> Um, great all right well thank you sam and um well hopefully in the the future we talk again all right sounds good thank you very much